Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. <laughs> it's awesome, funny, random, doesn't make any sense, but it's good. Hi everyone and welcome back to the channel. It is the 30th of June 2022 and this evening we're doing something slightly different. We're starting a new mini-series all about the Mormon Temple. Um, before we do, just so everyone has a good idea of where we're going with this, uh, what I wanted to do was take a high-level look at the history of the temple ceremony and there is so much scholarship out there about the history of the temple ceremony that to take an in-depth look, I don't think I'm smart enough to do that. And it would take weeks and months. And that's a whole, you know, master's thesis in itself. So we're going to take a higher level look where we just discuss and possibly point out some of the good bits, some of the not so good bits and how it's changed over the years, you know, how it came to be and then how it's changed to what we have today. Now, many people might be thinking, how in-depth are we going to go when it comes to, um, you know, the more sacred parts of the ceremony? And we've decided, uh, me and my friends, as a group of people, uh, that we are going to respect other people's, uh, you know, covenants and beliefs and the covenants that we made at one time. And we won't be uh, going in-depth with those things. There are other places on the internet, if you wish to, that you can find those. But in this, we're going to be looking more at some of the nuts and bolts and how it changed over time. And uh, President Bed or Elder Bednarth, um, he has given us permission to talk about this because in 2019, um, this LDS Living article titled Five Gifts We Are Given When We Receive Our Temple Endowment and What to Expect. Uh, it's, this is from September. 2019 and he says here guideline one because we love the lord we always should speak about his holy house with reverence i don't know if we're gonna tick that box but he says we should not disclose or describe the special symbols associated with the covenants received in the sacred temple ceremonies neither should we discuss holy information but that's all he says we should discuss we may discuss basic purposes and the doctrines and principles associated with temple ordinances and covenants so there, there is this whole secrecy around the temple ceremony, but uh, a leader from the Mormon church has given us permission to discuss the temple ceremony as long as we don't um, give away all the stuff. So who will we be discussing this with this evening? Um, I don't know if you can guess by now, uh, but I only have a few friends and I've brought them with me. So we have a Julian and Laura Heath. We have Peter Bleakley of the Mormon Civil War and Nemo the Mormon, who needs no introduction. Hey, guys, how are we doing? Hey. Hey. Well, thank you. Doing well. You, you don't sound convincing. I'm, I'm very tired. <laughs> yes, I'm knackered. I've been teaching all day. <laughs> Why are you really tired? <laughs> Somebody had a totally Mormon Stories interview last night. Somebody did very well in their Mormon stories it interview last excellent. night. Really, and somebody really kept me up to the wee hours telling amazing stories in their Mormon stories interview last night. Oh, you started it. And too we late. stayed up watching it. This guy. <laughs> yeah. No. 
it was it was fantastic um i was on mormon stories last night and yeah i'm still recovering so if i fall asleep because temples do that to you they induce comas <laughs> um, so if i do if someone's called meditating like, when it's in the temple though pd yeah are we are we going to have 45 minutes near the beginning Pondering. where we can all like close our eyes until we then have to do something you know what i used to think so you're in the temple and you've got this lovely white tie and you fall asleep and you kind of drool a little bit and after a few um goes at the temple if you get the drool in a good pattern it just looks like the pattern on the tie <laughs> oh that's grim oh come on <laughs> dribble pastry. yes oh. is that why you had an eating one <laughs> oh my days right um so mine was white paisley eight. white paisley he's, just, he's a just, refined uh, man of culture you're too posh so we have got some more current information we're going to start with because last night after um the mormon stories interview john delin uh, posted some information about the current temple situation here upon the earth. Um, you can see my uh, kind of picture to the side here on the right. That is Russell M. Nelson in his younger days trying to plug every hole in the dike with temples um, because that seems to be the church's go-to at the minute. Let's just throw temples at them and that'll fill it. Uh, but John wrote here and it's been shared around social media um so it's it's not um probably not new to a lot of you major discord it's hard to gauge but there are social issues that have divided not just the 12th but also the 70s i will also add that the temple department is waning i was in a meeting last week and the focus was the precipitous drop in temple recommend holders worldwide it's so much of an issue that we cannot even partially staff the current temples we have open. There is a serious concern about the announced and under construction facilities yet to operate. The original thought was that COVID protocols were keeping members from renewing their recommends, but now we're coming out of the pandemic and the rates of non-renewals are still climbing at an unprecedented rate people talk well it's not surprising is it it's not surprising at all it's been known for a while that russ m nelson has been building temples in an unsustainable and erratic way just announcing them willy-nilly so it wasn't a carefully thought out plan and then combine that with the pandemic and just the overall drop of members in the church active bums on seats are disappearing left right and center there's there's nothing there's there's no one to man the temples. Birmingham Temple, I don't know how it's going to operate. Well, yeah. it, it, as we said before, this will accelerate the destruction of the wards in mm. these areas because they'll every available manpower or woman power will need to go and run the temple. And that means they're not ministering, they're not doing missionary work, they're not dealing with the living people. Um, and this can only accelerate the decline of these very fragile and shrinking wards. It's a disaster. They'll become like a black hole sucking the life out of every area that they're plonked in. I, I think Mary's comment here is fantastic. Can you imagine a nightclub in a temple 
in all the different rooms, you'd just leave the names the same. You'd be like the celestial room with DJ Danny Dog on the decks. I'm gonna, know? I'm gonna buy. It's gonna be called Hotel Nemo. I'm gonna buy one. It'll be a nightclub <laughs> called Hotel Nemo. What do you do with all those cows in the basement, though? Mm. Like mm. you turn them into like one of those bull rides, like those oh. bucking bronco rides. I mean, it'd be lethal because they're like solid metal, but. You know, no, no. Get people it's not easy because they also don't no. move. Okay. It'd be like the least exciting booking Bronco ride ever. It's just people sitting on cows, really, isn't it? Like yeah. cow statues. I, no. I would like to see that. We've gone straight to insulting TBM sensibilities. Let's rein yeah. it back in, people. Do I need we to are here to talk about serious stuff too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I was thinking of vodka. You're not just going to sit here and and mock temples we might a little bit but that's not the main purpose peter is here to bring us all back down to earth and mm. give what the would jane balance. do well, <laughs> is that the mantra in your head jane jane was would have loved to have been here this evening but jane's bishop i know is concerned about this stuff so she's made the sensible decision not to antagonize him and so that's what Jane would do, and that's probably the most sensible thing to do in this situation. But we're all here now, so we might as well carry on. So let's ignore it. Yeah. Um, I, Jane, if you're listening, just come on the next one. Screw him. Um, sorry. We just love you. Right. So I had a look at what the actual situation was with temples under construction, etc., and... Um, There's this website here, and the link is in the show description below. But we've got 51 temples under construction, 7 under renovation, and 58 announced. And those 58 that are announced are pretty much still in planning process. It's now a bad time to mention, PD, that I got sent a a Google Earth file that's got pins for every single temple, and it's color-coded as to whether they're under construction or around. I possibly could have sent you that as a visual aid, couldn't I? <laughs> you know, the whole point in showbiz is you don't tell everyone what the mistake was. Well, no, because the <laughs> thing is now we can just bring it up in a later episode and we we'll, can. We'll, we'll get people ready for it. I'll send you that. Yeah. Um, but I had, a, I had a quick look down here at announced temples. And if you look at the dates of some of them um, here, when they're Shanghai. groundbreaking, Shanghai, but some of them go back to 2018, mm-hmm. April 2018, announced, but still in the planning process. Here you go. Temple announced, 1st of April 2018, Russia. Why did they announce that? Yeah, Russia. Why aren't they building that? There's no excuse, <laughs> is there? No excuse. What's wrong with them? But what about to be a prime Nic- Nicaragua? Yeah, Philippines. 1st of April, Philippines, 1st of April 2018. Lagos, Nigeria, 7th of October 2018. So it'd be really interesting to see in October. Well, how many on average is he announcing? Sort of eleven was it the last time? Was it eleven? Or have I just pulled that? The, out? the last, the last time took him up to one hundred announced by okay. President. On average, is he kind of announcing sort of tenish? So I'm just thinking, 10 what's he going to be announcing? Ten or twelve? Because if what does waning mean? It says on there. It said. Uh, and whether this has been lost in translation or or whether that was the original wording, but the temple department are waning. Is that sim- simply uh, resources or is that someone 
Um, they're, they're creaking under the stress. They're starting yeah. to, you know, it's getting them down. And is it, you know, Discord in the 12, is it, um, are they able to wane a bit because they've got sympathetic ears in the 12 that allow, allow them to kind of have a bit of a sounding board to say, look, this isn't working. We just haven't got the numbers for this. We haven't got the numbers that are actually going to man these and women, these temples. Um, but we, we haven't got the means to, to even break ground for another four or five years. Yeah. Well, who even knows? Lanessa um, has made a good point. Are they doing it just to dump funds? You know? Well, then they can be seen to be spending money on their purpose as a church because I think it's one of those use it or lose it type situations. You've got to be seen to be doing something. Yeah. And the other thing, I, I can see this being something in a few years' time that we have empty temples, but they say that it was need that we built these temples so that they're ready in the millennium to be used yeah yes or in preparation oh, for great growing in the they'll, area they'll have like yes. a skeleton staff to keep them it was inspired up to date but yeah so mm. or or it'll be every, every other week you know mm. it'll be like, Time like the, uh, the closing of the Litchfield stay you know these these empty temples are the culmination of hundred years <laughs> hard work, you know. Oh, little did we know when there was we a dedicated comment. this temple. There was a comment earlier about that, well, they'll need to start lowering the age. I, I mean, honestly, I think we should watch out for things like that because there is a big, yes, because they, they've um, got a big push at the moment to make, going to the temple a big part of what young people do they've had them indexing the boring files for the family history they they've really pushed it as something regular they've got younger and younger people you know YSAs being temple ordinance workers and so on as far mm -hmm. as I can tell so they they've definitely got this idea that it's, I think it's like the last unique selling point that they care about or know how to do um, because they've screwed up the whole mission program so spectacularly and they put Uchtdorf in charge to fix that. And it absolutely has not changed. They haven't fixed it, except some backtracking on trying to jump people into a font within three minutes. Um, so nothing's happening there. Uh, perfect the saints. Well, educating the saints is, is kind of not working. Ministering is not working. Hardly anyone's doing it because they've watered it down to, to meaninglessness. So ultimately, the only sort of solid Mormon thing they've got left to hold on to is the temples and geriatric old men can't think of anything else to entertain the young people. Um, so you just see, you know, you know you, I'd, I'd be, I mean, it could back, turn back to the early days when they were pumping te young teenagers through the Nauvoo temple before they had to flee west. You know, they could well use that as a precedent to say, well, we could let's endow people at, 12, but, at 16. But there's a you know, huge all kinds of problem stuff there. There's a massive yeah. safeguarding issue that would become a, a large concern mm. the moment you have people not of legal age entering the temple. Mm. Because, mm. you know, you, yeah, it's, it's a safeguarding problem that they are entering into promises with an organization as a minor. Because these are, these are commitments you're making to an organization mm. um, based around... You know, they're not legal commitments, but they are still religious mm -hmm. ceremonies that require a lot of... I, I could see that being a real problem because it's, <laughs> it's really hot on safeguarding, isn't it? Yeah. 
I, I can't imagine the idea that because the thing is or, or here's the other thing right we, we can tell people about what happens in the temples with 12 year olds for baptisms for the dead and for um, confirmations for the dead right but at the moment we have to show someone legally every step of the endowment ceremony because otherwise they will not allow children to go in and do that you've got a problem the church isn't going to want to have to say look this is fine for children to participate in because any sort of any sort of safeguarding organization is going to want to know what's happening there right surely they, they could say yeah. with a parent couldn't they mm. is that the I way don't around it anyway I, I, I don't think i don't think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that that they're what's driving them is a desire to have more people go to the temple I just don't. I don't think it is. I think, you know, and you said there, Peter, about them kind of ruining everything else. They've ruined the temple. They've all, that, that's ruined. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at what temples used to be and what used to go on there and now, mm -hmm. what it's like now, they have just ruined it. I think, I'm, I mean, I could go on forever about this and I'll try not to, but they need to take, for a start, they need to take the focus off of, um, work for the dead it's, it's, it's pointless it's pointless it doesn't make any sense it, you know if that's really the purpose then surely you know we've all been there and done work for the dead and seen how you know you'll be baptized for and in behalf of mr smith you know which you know you might as well just get somebody well if that's what it's really about then then the prophet can just go there and just go well, I baptise you for and in behalf of everybody that has died, and then just do it, and then it's done. That you know, that, that, just like the atonement, because that's what the atonement was, wasn't it? He didn't name everybody individually. He said, right, I'm just going to do it for everybody. Um, so, so this this emphasis on on doing it for people that that have died, I just think is pointless. If you want people to be there, make the emphasis an enjoyable experience for the people that are there. M my mum um used to love going to the temple but the only reason that she loved going to the temple was because she had a really strong love of um a family history work and if you would have said to my mum right really exciting news they've changed the endowment now it's 10 minutes she would have been ecstatic she would have thought that's fantastic because it means i can get so many more names done i can do all of this work for my ancestors that have gone before she wasn't enjoying actually being there she wasn't enjoying the experience it wasn't a powerful experience for her it was just let's get as many done as we can because i feel like I'm, I'm doing something you know to help my, my ancestors so if, if you want to get or if you want to get people in the temple Focus on the people that are going to the temple. Make it a good experience. We could do that. And I've got some suggestions. I might come on to them later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I um, last week I interviewed uh, Lady C and JT, who were ex-Jehovah's Witnesses. And we got to talking about the temple and what they thought of the temple and what they knew about the temple. And when we got to talking, it seemed like their whole missionary work is kind of they give everyone the opportunity to become a witness and anyone that chooses not to is then they're going to burn and, and be you know just gone in the rapture etc and that only the witnesses are saved and that that's why they're really serious about everything whereas i said well for mormons it's different because if you reject it it's okay because when you die we're going to make you a mormon anyway <laughs> you know those guys someone's going to do it's, your work it's eventually. a plan b 
<laughs> yeah. So it doesn't mm. matter. Like, why are we even going out and doing missionary work? Because surely the better way is to eat, drink, and be merry in this life, not know about the gospel, have a good time, and then someone does your work for you. And then when you're in spirit prison, you're like, oh, yeah, no, I wish I'd have known that, maybe. Um, yeah, I'm good with that now. <laughs> Let's go. Um, this is an image here from Philadelphia recently, um, a couple of years ago with all the youth um, and parents. You can see down here, some of these kids are small, you know, and they're is, already, that's literal temple worship. Is Russell Nelson about to pop out of it like a stripper gram out of a cake? <laughs> cake. I'll put that on my tally. I'll put that on my tally. That's, that's <laughs> Sorry. That's going on the tally. Right then, um, moving on. Image, I oh, look, on. Having just watched Keep Sweet, mm -hmm. no Bay, this could be an image out of the FLDS. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, we, it's interesting that we would show that and not and not see that as quite disturbing. It's got some real fundy vibes, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think you can I wonder see... if that's why they stopped doing these things. Um, because they, you know, the, a few years ago, they... They'd started to build up again, I think, to engage young people. Um, this They'd have a cultural celebration for several years before mm. the dedication or rededication of a temple, celebrating local culture, getting hundreds or thousands of the youth in the area to sing and dance and do a celebration. And I thought that was really quite positive because it was about, for the first time, not just exporting American culture. It seemed to be mm. about celebrating what the local culture and people meant and what they they contribute to the world you know um but and a picture like that just is so culty off the scale i'm but, wondering if it was publicity around that that kind of triggered them to just stop doing it at I'd all i'd love to see the cultural um, celebration around the yeah. birmingham temple like morris men <laughs> they've, they've already brought their own <laughs> hankies ready Keep for the blinded. hosanna shout so they're they're ready for the Hosanna shout. They've got their hankies and they're just going to jump up and down with bells on. I think that would be excellent. No. And then they all pull out I'll machine guns and do a Peaky Blinder massacre. What, what did you What did you say, Julian? I've been asked to organise it. The Morris dancing. The whole thing. The, all right. the, 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 the Birmingham Temple celebration. Wow. Excellent. But I think you make what? a really good point, we Peter, about the cultural anyway. celebrations. I think I think they were positive, yeah. but unfortunately, stuff like this when mm. it when it's then an American cultural celebration, what is the American culture that the church espouses? Certainly, is this? Yeah, it's, it's funny actually, isn't it? Um, the the idea of you know you kind of saying tongue in cheek about a Birmingham celebration, but the thing is in Britain we don't we just don't do that kind of thing, do we? <laughs> we don't celebrate yeah. stuff. We just kind of go, yeah, but, you know. Well done. I'm the temple. Good. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll go home. Congratulations. <laughs> Too British to really celebrate something. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, you can't say that after the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. Come on. We oh, have our moments. Don't, don't get me started, don't Peter. Peter. But we need a marching band and a queen. Oh, the bloody Northern Socialists. Look at them. Killjoys. <laughs> <Right. laughs> bitter. Bitter is what you are. Wind your neck in. Right. So. Today, today, uh, the mighty Mormon freedom fairy, Lindley Clee, let us all know that in the Liahona, um, that they're still slinging around the world, that they've, they're hitting on temples. And I don't know if that is uh, to do with John's information, that they're having 
trouble with the temple recommends could be to do with uh, what we saw a few weeks ago when they spoke about the Birmingham temple and they closed the stakes and they encouraged everyone to uh, sort yourself out, whether it's um, you need to catch up with your tithing because tithing receipts are down or stop. I think watching... this has been in the works a little bit longer, actually, because a, a number of months ago, there was a change made to the church handbook of instructions and it started to list more explicitly what goes on inside the temple. And it was also said to John around that time, uh, an insider source said to him that David A. Bednar, the man who published this article, uh, has been working on a new temple prep curriculum that apparently is going to be more um, informative and help people really understand. Because, for example, in, in the... That's what they couldn't say. Couldn't be less informative. <laughs> no, it couldn't, it couldn't. It couldn't be any less informative. Than it's it's entirely uninformative. But in, in on the church handbook, it, it lists the covenants you make. It talks about the law of consecration, the law of sacrifice, um, it, mm. the law of chastity. It mm. talks about the covenants and the areas around which you will make covenants in the temple, which is fairly groundbreaking because that used to be very hush-hush. Well, that's what they do here in this article that I read at the mm. beginning because Bednar says here, um, that uh, this first, the temple is a sacred place and ordinances in the temple are, sacred, are of a sacred character. Because of its sacredness, we sometimes we are sometimes reluctant to say anything about the temple to our children and grandchildren. As a con consequence, many do not develop a real desire to go to the temple, or when they go there, they do so without much background to prepare them for the obligations and covenants they enter into, I believe a proper understanding or background will immeasurably help prepare our youth for the temple and will foster within them a desire to seek the priest of blessings. Yeah, I think this needs this needs applauding to an extent. Yeah. I think it needs acknowledging as, as positive. They may not get it right. In fact, chances are they still will fail to be fully transparent, but it is a, absolutely a positive step in the right direction towards some sort of informed consent before you enter the temple. An overview of the endowment. Yeah. So I just want to say, Laura received a survey recently. So um, they must have had so much feedback oh, from the surveys, and they have asked about this. Of yeah, of um, people saying my experience at the temple was terrible and traumatic because the prep was terrible. You know, countless um, people have had their testimonies derailed at the moment they went to the temple because the preparation was awful. They, it was so completely different to anything they'd experienced in normal church life. Um, and uh, I just think, you know, they it, this surely is a sign that they're finally listening to their own surveys, which are telling them how many people are traumatized by not having good preparation. Mm. Um, and it, it really messes some people up. Um, so so yeah, I think well this is a, a positive outcome of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And um, let's let's move forward because our time is far spent. Uh, we don't want this to be, as we said, it's a high level look um, at because there's just so much information. So moving forwards, uh, before we do, just made this lovely little graphic. It'd be great if we could get 100 likes on this video because oh. that would help with the YouTube algorithm. A like just for making the graphic, please. Um, so yeah, everyone give it a like and anyone who feels they can support the show, um, in an extra special way, there's a PayPal link in the description below. Now on with the juicy stuff. Um, so we've got Brigham Young, 
why do we need temples um does anyone volunteer to read that so my dodgy reading's not uh, going all night oh i feel like i'm in sunday in, school in your best brigham voice oh <laughs> you go no you go you, no, no, yeah lecturers come on guys <laughs> Your endowment is to receive all those ordinances in the house of the Lord, which are necessary for you after you have departed this life to enable you to walk to it to the presence of the father, passing the angels who stand as sentinels, being enabled to give them the key words, the signs and tokens pertaining to the holy priesthood and gain your eternal salvation in spite of earth and hell. Okay. So just like that. Yeah. Mm. But the, the reason that I put Brigham Young first and not Joseph Smith is because for us as modern day temple um, endowed Mormons, that is what the temple is all about. Mm -hmm. It is about receiving your endowment, receiving the signs and tokens so that you may pass the angels at standard sentinels. But that is not what the endowment was originally about. The endowment, like a lot of Mormon theology, started with a small seed and then progressed over the years as the joseph's theology progressed um so before we move on guys does anyone have anything to say about big brigham's uh beat there yeah um so so this is this is the definition that we get of the the, the purpose of the endowment mm-hmm. um but it's nonsense <laughs> nonsense it, 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 it is and, and and that's part of the problem mm. the re- one of the reasons that the, the the temple is so problematic at the moment is because we're not really focusing on why again this doesn't make any sense you know we all know that it doesn't make any sense the whole idea that that when we leave this life we've got to go through this um this process um in a, in a, any kind of literal sense, it's just ridiculous, you know. Like you, you, you're the the best person in the world, and then you get there, and you're at the veil, and God says, "No, sorry, you 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 don't know all the the key words and signs and tokens. Sorry about that. You you're gonna have to go somewhere else, or you know, or oh, I forgot what was it I was supposed to say. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 silly. It doesn't make any sense in that sense. So. If we're going to make any value out of the temple, we've, we've really got to deconstruct this and say why. Now, I love the temple. Well, no, okay, love is a strong word. Um, I, there's a lot about the temple that I like. Um, I'm a big fan of ritual. And I um, I had, you know, pretty much all of my experiences at the temple were enjoyable. Um, I like hats, you know, so that helps. Um, and... <laughs> And, and, and you know, and, and I'm really missing a trick. You know, I, I think what what I wanted to say is this is this is something that Joseph got right. I think you know, and Brigham by extension. This is something that 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 they got right. And if you look at every um, ancient civilization um, and culture, there are elements of the temple there. And it's because it works. There are elements of it that work. There are elements of the ritual that work. And what we need to do... Work for what, though? Well, but that's all part of the the um, the, the the debate that needs to... I mean, I know I've got my views on how it works. I think, I think unfortunately, and maybe this is being super cynical, I, I, I'll accept this, but maybe it, 
what's happened now is that they've said, well, it works to get people to pay tithing. You know, that's how it works. And, and I don't think that's the purpose. Don't, I think sacrifice is, is a purpose. I think sacrifice is important. Um, again, you know, it's a it's an, an element that, that has been in these kind of um, rituals and services throughout history. Um, but I don't think it's the number one purpose. Um, you know, there is this idea of being endowed with power from on high. Um, and, you know, we should, if we were doing it right, we should come out of the temple feeling empowered. We should come out of the temple feeling that we've really, really gained something from it, feeling renewed, feeling refreshed. Um, and some people might get that. that that's fine. Um, but I don't think that is really the purpose. And so we, we throw out something like this, you know, Brigham's quote, and say, well, this is the the, the, the meaning of the endowment or the purpose of the endowment. Like that answers the question. And it, it just doesn't, doesn't answer the question at all because it doesn't make any sense. Um, are you, sorry, I know I'm, I'm, I'm can, can I suggest a way it could make sense? Um, I mean, obviously finish your point, but I want to... Oh, all I was going to say, something that was groundbreaking for me in, in my view of Mormonism is um, section um, 19 of the Doctrine and Covenants where, you know, God says, hey, listen, folks. But he doesn't actually say that. I'm paraphrasing. Um, that's not the, that's not the exact language. I can't remember exactly what was said. Um, this is the NIV version of the of the Doctrine and Covenants. <laughs> the hippie translation yeah. of Doctrine and Covenants. Hey, listen, it. folks. Okay. When I said you do one. <laughs> when I said eternal damnation, right, or eternal punishment, I think it is. When I said eternal pu punishment, I didn't really mean eternal punishment. Um, you know, I said that because my name is eternal and it's God's punishment. So God's punishment is eternal punishment. But I didn't really mean it, would, it wouldn't have an end. I just use that language because that language will work on your mind and get you to, um, you know, get you to do the things that I need you to do for, for your good. And, and so, you know, when I looked at that, I, I realized that, that, you know, God isn't um, above playing little games with us, like little psychological games to get the desired outcome, you know. And so I've no doubt at all, if we take this as a literal view, you know, when we get there and we're all ready, right, I've, I've done it, I've got my, my signs and my tokens, I'm going to get in, I know it all, it's going to be fine. Then God will meet us there and go, okay, look, when I said you needed these things to pass by the angels that stand as sentinels, I didn't, you know, I didn't really mean it, but this is what I was trying to get out of it. And I think that's what we need to try and understand and focus is what, what we're really supposed to get out of it. And I think that if the leadership of the church had that focus, rather than just a, a, just appearance, then, um, then you know, I think it could be a lot more beneficial for people. It, it could be a lot healthier. You mean well. gen people could genuinely go there for peace? Yeah, I, I, I do believe that. And could go there and have a good experience. It's almost like... It's almost, sorry, I really am ranting now. It's almost, I, I talk about, I'm a teacher, so I talk about this a lot as a teacher. And one of the problems in education is that there are two games going on. We're playing two different games. We've got the majority of people, the, the teachers at teacher level, and, and you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about here, Peter. Their, their goal is to educate children. That's the game that they're playing. But then you've got this level at the top where their game is to convince Ofsted. To, to you know, when the Ofsted come in, can we pull it off? 
and and they don't those things don't necessarily match up. And as a result of that, the people at the bottom are not getting the best experience. The users are not getting the best experience from me. And I think that to some extent, that's what's going on in the church. You know, we still think that it's all about being Christ-like and following um, Christ's example and, and all of this stuff. But the people at the top are trying to make things look good. And I think, you know, all of these these temple announcements is a, is a really clear example of that. It's just how can we can we convince people that it's not all falling apart? Um, and they're not matching up, and we need to get those things matching up. Okay. I'll show up. So, all right, let's um, let's find out when it all starts. No, yeah, yeah, that's right, Peter. We've moved on. Sorry, that's fine. <laughs> okay, no, move on. We'll before, get there. We're doing a series. Before we do, uh, for Peter, uh, Peter has written this or way back when in 2017 peter wrote oh this rational oh fate word. article yeah. for the love loathing and laughter of the temple endowment uh so a lot of peter a lot of his yeah thoughts and prayers are in this article and the link is in the show notes below if later on you want to go and read that and i'm sure you know peter will tell us about it anyway so back to um the wonderful slides I can find them yes so when did it start as early as october 1835 joseph smith told his apostles of an awaited endowment which would grant them power from on high this endowment was considered at the time to be a spiritual endowment following washings and anointings so it starts with a biblical practice because we can find washings and anointings in the old testament and it starts with this seed that Joseph has and um, that these washings and anointings need to happen. And then the, the thought was at the time that after that, there would be this day of Pentecost type um, endowment of power that all these brethren would, would get. Um, and that was what it was considered to be in the Kirtland era. Um, any thoughts 